Politicians, corporations, and Hindu religious leaders in India today are coming together to shape India and orchestrate persecution against Christians. There is a lot happening there today, and we got a lot to get into. We're going to talk about the reality that Christians are facing on the ground in India today, up and down the chain. We got a lot to cover, so let's get into it right now. Hey, this is Ryan S. Howard. Thanks for tuning in to my podcast. I call it Your Faith at Work because we want to get your faith out of the church and into the world. We were created to be intentional, influential, and impactful. I'm here to help you reach the potential God created you with, and I'll help you find confidence in your God-given assignments as you advance the kingdom every single day. And we're going to do that in work, in the culture, and in life. Learn more at ryanshoward.org. Persecution in India is not new. It's nothing new. In fact, the Apostle Thomas in the first century came to India and he came to South India. He planted churches. Uh, he A lot of high caste people accepted Christ as their savior, but later he was persecuted all the way to death as a martyr for Christ. But the church continued to grow and it's still growing today. And the Christian church in India has an influence in Asia and a global presence. And we praise God for that. Uh, God is able to do amazing things, even in the midst of great difficulty for his people. And so in this episode, I want to talk a little bit about the challenges and difficulties that Christians are facing in India today. And uh, some of it's going to surprise you and some of it's going to seem a little familiar and may help you uh, be more of a watchdog for some of the stuff that might be happening today in the U.S. and and other nations where you might be living at. Now, I have actually been to India a a few times. Uh, I worked with Indians. Uh, I still work with them uh, on a monthly basis. I love working with India. I've worked with Indians since 2004, and even as an intern, I got to work with uh, men and women from India. And they're some of the most diligent and reliable people. They're very compassionate. They're very warm and kind. Um, and, uh, well, the food is amazing. I've been there uh, to like the Pune area in Chennai, and it's just a, a very fascinating culture. And I've had the opportunity to even mentor some people from India and help them, you know, learn how to influence in the U.S. more. And so I've got a little understanding there and I've got some good relationships with there, some connections to several ministries that are operating in India uh, that are helping to train up believers uh, to uh, understand the Bible and know the Bible and to advance the kingdom and to be influencing in the marketplace. And some of these conversations that I've had uh, are what led to this uh, episode, as well as uh, what I've seen and what I'm seeing from Voice of the Martyrs and Persecution.com, where you can learn more there. And well, I'm going to give, oh, in this episode, we're going to talk about some of the laws. Uh, we're going to talk about human rights. We're going to talk about wrongful accusations and the social implications of being a Christian, professional discrimination, issues in education, issues in owning land, property rights property laws, uh, some things that are happening with the laws in India, and uh, some legal advocacy and the difficulties there, and then even access to medical care. And so we've got a lot to get into, but to just get right into it, in the first 270 days of 2021, there have been 
305 incidents of violence. So more than one per day. And so there are constant attacks happening. But violence is not the only kind of attacks that is happening today, but it's a very serious kind of attack. And 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 that is, uh, well, obviously something we don't want, but that is the reality today. And since 2014, India has moved up in the ranking of the world watch list for places to be a Christian. It's it, there uh, is a new party that has come to power at that time. And it, it is uh, not voting well in with regard to persecution for Christians. But just to get an idea of the landscape, there is there are 80% of Indians that are Hindus. So Hinduism is the big religion there. Uh, it's the birthplace of Buddhism. There's I think Muslims is about 10%. uh, But, you know, we really don't get accurate estimates from the Indian government on these statistics for Christians, but it's estimated that's about 30 to 70 million Christians in India today. And that's about uh, less, around 5%. And so it's, uh, their population is 1.4 billion. 1.4 billion. That's just an uh, incredible amount of people. And that can really be divided into three groups. You've got the South, which is four states. You've got Northeast India, seven states, and then the North, which is the rest. But th- to divide that up, really the North is the hub of Hindu thought and philosophy. That's where uh, the temples, it's a big political base. There's a lot happening there. And so the... Uh, the, the tolerance, there's not a lot of tolerance there. There were over a thousand women injured in some of these incidents uh, with Christians this year. And uh, the low caste uh, it, and the outcast are, are very heavily persecuted in some of these areas. And we'll get into some of that. Uh, but even damages to places of worship and churches. And, and even one had a mob of 200 people attacking uh, a group in, in, one, in one instance. So who's the main persecutors in India? Well, it's the triple threat. It's the politicians, the corporations, the businesses, and the temples, the religious leaders all coming together. They all have a connection, and they are orchestrating many things that are shaping India, which is enhancing the persecution at various levels up and down the chain. And so there's really... um, what are what are called like these Hindu extremist groups and local governments, and uh, they, they are really seeking to quote purify India to make it entirely Hindu, and they do this by by force, and they they want to eliminate Christians, and so that's very extreme. And then you have the pressure from them influencing other. Uh, parts of society, including government and so and, and police, and so we'll get into that. But uh, there was a new prime minister, Modi. Uh, he was he came to power, and and since then, there's been a twenty percent increase in membership in the RSS uh, organization that he's a part of, and it, that has emboldened uh, the base that seeks to that wants to forcibly unite India under Hinduism, and so it's picking up the pace. And, you know, he has publicly said, uh, Prime Minister Modi has said that his government will not tolerate religious discrimination. But as we'll see, the actions prove otherwise. And again, huge country, 1.4 billion people, just a a massive uh, group. Uh, But 
where where are we seeing some of that other discrimination? Well, when we look at equal rights, that's a big thing in America today and has been for the last, I don't know, 70 years or so. But equality in jobs, education, social status, business opportunities, not there for Christians. Uh, just They're not given to minorities the same way as they are to major the major religion, people who identify with Hinduism. And that is especially seen in freedom of speech. You don't want the wrong person uh, to find out that they're a Christian uh, because that can cause a lot of issues. And so when we come to uh, the laws, though, there's good and bad to say. Uh, there are Indian laws that uh, are that give freedom, that uh, are on the books, but we fail to see that kind of out in the field, <laughs> out in the out in the world, it's not exercised. It's, it just doesn't happen that way. We have Christian homes and schools uh, and churches being attacked. And so uh, this this persecution is increasing, like I've mentioned. And with regard to laws, there are new laws coming in that this one may surprise you. It's certainly surprised me. And I've even experienced this uh, difficulty from this new law. This is about, it's called the Foreign Contributions Regulation Act. Foreign Contribution Regulations Act. And this is taking this persecution to another level by basically trying to wipe out Christian influence and attacking the resources and the funding that are coming to India. And so they have these more strict laws for Christians and these organizations. So what does that mean? That means orphanages have closed. That means retirements, homes have closed. That means schools are challenged to run. That, that It's just this large attack to destabilize Christian communities, to or economies, Christian economies, where there where there's growing groups, it just makes it difficult to get a to get a foothold on anything because it's just being stopped at every corner. And I have actually experienced this myself where I tried to give to an organization and had to have the money sent back because of some little technicality that there was. It just makes it very difficult. And so there are ways around that. And so if you're interested in giving to some of these organizations, you want to learn more about that, just go to uh, ryanshoward.org, send me an email, and uh, and I'll we'll get you connected to the right people and information there. So that that's coming. That's real. It's already here. Uh, there's that's uh, the first one. The uh, next one is what's called an anti-conversion bill, an anti-conversion bill. So that's pretty straightforward. There's uh, six or seven states that have anti-conversion bill in consideration now. And th- there is actually, um, it's already happening in discussion in India. And th- it's even being discussed at the federal level, at the federal level, these anti-conversion bills. And it's basically a vague policy that forbids the conversion of any Hindu uh, in to Christianity, to, to, uh, to just leave Hinduism, whatever it is. And these are used against pastors and church planters and evangelists. And they can just make this accusation. They just throw it out there. And these pastors can be, they're beaten, they're thrown in jail, and, and even some are martyred each year. Christians are often accused of forcing Hindus to convert to Christianity. And this is a false accusation, but they can be put in jail for up to three weeks, even for a false accusation that's clearly false on on, on the onset of it. And 
sometimes they're able to post bail if they can get legal assistance or show that the charges were unfounded. But these the people are really suffering from these false allegations because even the police are influenced by the politicians to uh, not cooperate with even though these are clearly false allegations that they, the they're for the police are forced by the politicians to take these pastors and these leaders and these missionaries to jail and it's very difficult to get them out sometimes and uh but uh even getting a legal representation because if a an attorney or an organization is going to represent a christian that was thrown in business well guess what that means for them after that well it's a big deal so it's very difficult um the, the Christians who are attacked will often drop these charges just trying to uh, be a witness for Christ. Uh, but churches have been demolished and burned and gatherings disrupted. And uh, even uh, Christian literature um, is confiscated and burned. And so these uh, there's something called a Hindu nationalist informant. <laughs> and so they're sort of telling on uh, the Christians in these areas, which uh, is in almost every village. That in India that has activities of Christians has these uh, Hindu nationalist informants, which results in more attacks and more arrests. And so the, lots of these false accusations of forcing conversion. Now, in uh, just there's a new story from September of this of 2021, where four families were excommunicated from a village for their faith in Jesus. And that was by some of these Hindu fanatics and their house was burned. They were reported to the police. I mean, I mean, they reported it to the police. They reported this, but no action was taken. And that's just another challenge that Indians face. They go and report these things, these attacks, this stuff to the police, but no action taken. And we see this um, even happening in the U.S. today where you've got different priorities depending on the political leadership in that area and uh, what's taken seriously, what's not, and, and what's false. We've even seen some of that coming out. So we'll have another episode that will draw some parallels between a lot of these things happening. So when we get into some of the social and professional education, medical care, other services, those sorts of things, we have Christians are are largely socially ostracized. They have uh, lights cut, cut, the power lines cut to their house, water cut to their house. Uh, the the stream poor uh, often uh, get they, they get this certain assistance from the government, but if they're Christian, they don't. There's just it's literally cut off, and there's lots of struggle to get advocates for these uh, attorneys in this in these uh, areas, like I mentioned, for these Christians and these unjust officials uh, throwing this stuff at Christians, illegal discrimination, all kinds of stuff. Like I said, they got laws on the books that give these protections, but it's not executed out in reality. We also have uh, professional discrimination. People not being hired or being fired for their faith. It's it's um, th- there's some some of that happening today in the U.S., but there it's very extreme and, and very explicit, and it, it's just a, it's a big deal because there's livelihoods uh, that are impacted by that and being ostracized socially and not being able to find work, and so that's leading to the idea of. Um, help, help helping Christians to have these income generating projects. I'll talk about that in just a second. But the uh, education policy as well. Uh, there's bringing more Hindu thought into the educational system, uh, land and property law, like I mentioned, that are affecting Christians. They they can take control of Christian land and property 
and the education system for Christians. And it's just, it's not, uh, they take care where Christians are thriving and doing better. They come in and, and attack that in those areas. Another very sad sort of persecution that's happening is literally access to emergency medical services. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just very sad, very difficult. But back to the income generation projects. So the, the idea is to empower Christians to use their gifts and their talents to earn income to provide for their family. And the uh, couple of ministries that I'm working with and supporting uh, are doing just that. They're helping them use local resources to create goods and services and uh, to provide this value for people there so they don't have to rely on these other jobs or government or whatever it may be. And, you know, this reminds me of uh, a book called The Poverty of Nations. And it's it talks about how we have to create wealth locally uh, to to bring other nations up. That's the only sustainable solution. It's not just send more money uh, over there. But I mean, that's needed. It, don't yeah, absolutely that's needed. We send money. We help in that way. But for the long term solution, it needs to be wealth generation uh, uh, and on the ground there, and having a local economy there. And that book, uh, Poverty of Nations, by Wayne Grudem and Barry Asmus. That's Grudem's a theologian and Asmus is an economist. And it talks about free market principles and biblical values. So very good book. Uh, but really the goal, like I said, reduce the need for relying on businesses for hiring and government support uh, for these Christians. And so, uh, you know, a lot of them can't just go get a job like in the U.S. today where there's jobs everywhere. There's more jobs than than people to fill them in many cases. But not the case uh, over there. So another big thing is uh, helping Christians over there get resources and materials. These two, these ministries I mentioned that are helping uh, to get these income generation projects going are also doing a lot of training and equipping, encouraging Christians in the faith over there, helping them grow and helping them stand strong. It is not an easy thing to do. A lot of people in the U.S. where I live struggle to even be bold here. And it's just so much more difficult over there in, in every facet of the, of the idea of the kind of persecution that is there. And so there's, uh, with regard to Bibles, it's very, uh, it's unaffordable. Uh, those people who suffer from severe poverty, uh, that happens from the oppression of the Hindu and Muslim controlled areas, uh, that not getting access. It's the remote areas. Um, there's a widespread illiteracy, uh, there people just can't read and there's lots of challenges to Bible distribution. So I mentioned, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, a few ways that you can help are to be in prayer, to be in prayer, be praying for these Christians, to be strengthening them. Um, if you want to give the voice of the martyrs, you can go to persecution.com and uh, learn more about what's happening there. Front Support for frontline Christians, giving Bibles. And if you want to support uh, this faith at work stuff, this kind of uh, income generation projects and helping Christians to become bold as a professional and to stand up and to advance the kingdom. I've got some other uh, areas where you can help invest your money to help that move forward there. And like I said, there's some uh, ways that a certain way you have to go about giving uh, so that it can actually make it into the country now, thanks to these new laws that are restricting that. And also uh, giving Christian education to uh, Christians in these areas and equipping pastors 
helping to disciple these leaders. Uh, there's another ministry that um, I can help you, connect you to, to support there as well. So be in prayer. Be praying for boldness in Christians there. Be praying for the growing of the church. Be praying for officials and leaders to do the right thing, to have a real biblical view of justice, and for people to stand up, take the risk, and watch what God will do with it. So, all right. Well, I hope that blessed you. God bless you, and we'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and you can help spread the word by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with your friends. Visit ryanshoward.org to learn more about how you can advance God's kingdom every day.